Hey, we're, I'm going to ask you to do something this morning that may seem a bit strange. This is our last chapel for the semester. And for do not celebrate that. It's personally offensive. So what we'll do is we're going to have a worship service together here in this place. And a few of you are already placed so perfectly. But if you are in the back third of Waco Hall right now, I'm going to ask you as a personal favor to myself to stand up and get your stuff. And we'll, while we're standing singing this first song, I'm, I'm literally going to ask you to come and no one to be in the back third of the hall. And the reason I'm asking you to do that is not just to be that guy and, and mean to you in any way. But because I truly believe that the gospel is about community and about being together. And our worship should be about being together as well. And so I'm asking you to do that so that we might truly have a worship service here together that, that meets us, that allows God to meet us in this place. Um, because we could just go through the motions and have a service up here and let you just kind of sit there and do your thing. But I would really like it if we all were able to uh, participate together. So let's stand now, um, even at this point. Thanks. Thank you for doing that very much. There's so few people here at this point in the semester, it'll be easy to get out anyway at the end of our time together. And as you get to your new location, if you'll just remain standing, and let's begin our time of worship. Thank you again for doing that. Let's worship together this morning.
to your goodness. How long have we waited for the breath of God to transform us, to shape us, to renew us? We wait and we waver in our commitment, almost to the point of losing hope. Yet in your mercy, you walk alongside us and you restore us. And we are glad in your kindness to us. We are a blessed people who are working to see your kingdom come on earth. And those who are admittedly broken, yet still able to find peace unabated. Would you open up 
heaven's glory light shine on it give these dead bones life shine on it give these dead bones
Beloved, that is our confession, and we share it together and proclaim it today, even when we know all of us may be struggling to believe it and live from it. But we share it with one another in hopes that we might encourage today a response from us all to lean into your strength and into your presence and into the reality that you are faithful always. Through Christ we pray. Amen. You know, human beings uh, pretty much throughout time, all the way along the eras and culture, have uh, loved what is familiar. We tend to repeat things, particularly when we come to special seasons of the year and how it is with holidays and holy days. If, If you think about those times in particular, they're marked by what is familiar. So we tend to do things a certain way. We fix certain foods and we sing certain songs, tell certain stories. So over and over that happens year in and year out. There are these holiday patterns and most of us know what that's like. So we'd say, you know, at our house, we always, at our house, we always uh, watch the Christmas story or Home Alone. Our house, we're elf people. Any elf? You like elf? So I texted my daughter and said, I'm about to go out and preach. She lives in Austin. I said, I need a few elf lines. She said, what? I said, like lines from elf. And in about 30 seconds, here, here it comes back. These toilets are ginormous. I'm singing, I'm singing in the store. The yellow ones don't stop. You're not Santa. You smell like beef and cheese. Buddy Elf, what's your favorite color? Yeah, so we're elf groupies, and we watch elf every year. You know how it is. You have these things that you always do. You know, we always make this long trip to Grandma's house, or we always do our tree this night, and we put it here, or candles, we put them there, that kind of thing. We do that as human beings in families and communities. We're prone to these patterns, and I think it is because they bring us something. They carry something to us from the past, and typically that's something that they're bringing to us is very meaningful. This Christmas season, for a lot of us, this Advent season, is going to be different because we're here at college, and you'll know that especially this year if it's your first year uh, at Baylor. And even with all the cool stuff we try to do at Christmas, it's not likely to feel all that Christmassy here. Academic life, cramming for finals, writing papers, eating dorm food, and the smell of Penland's dirty third don't quite put you in the holiday spirit, if you know what I mean. So over the next few weeks, you're going to be aware of that. I think that it's just different. It's not the same as when I'm at home. And it's probably something you ought to get used to. Things change. They do. And sometimes in life, we know that things have changed most profoundly when we move into these seasons that hold a lot of great meaning for us and have a lot of great memories and we know things are different. Some of you already know what that's like because you've sat around those holiday tables where someone was missing that would normally be there. Things change. They're changing for me in this year. I'll be sitting at the table with my dad. He has that disease where a year from now I'm not sure he's going to know my name. I'll have uh, my kids home, and and one of them had some very painful things happen in life this year. And that story, when we gather around the tree, that story's going to be in the room, too, with us. Things change. And though most of us, I think, have a lot of blessed memories from these kinds of times when we're gathered with communities and with 
families. The truth is, if we sit knee to knee, we would talk about all sorts of way that, ways in which they're challenging for us, that there's something always there, maybe uh, threatening the celebration just a little bit, or maybe making it impossible. So this fall, as you're here at Baylor, in, in a way it's just a foreshadowing of the way things tend to be in life. That is what we really want things to be like and the way they really are are, are rarely the same. Is that another sort of a holiday way, the Norman Rockwell pictures, the Hallmark cards, the Thomas Kincaid paintings that we love, maybe don't capture what is real about these days. In some sense, I think the Bible, if we pay attention to it properly, will capture it for us. Every year about this time, Christians all over the world begin reading texts from the Bible that really do help us face what's real about life and about the reality that we're waiting for something, that we're waiting for Christ to come often, anticipating for God to come into our life. That's what the season of Advent is all about. It's a strange thing because in the mall, you know, right after the holiday, after Halloween, uh, folks are playing Christmas carols. And right after Thanksgiving, lots of churches are singing Christmas carols. But throughout the ages, the church has tried to slow us down a little bit and had us read some strange things from the Bible. For instance, this text from Luke. This is the text that will be read all over the world this Sunday. There will be signs in the sun, the moon, the stars, and on the earth distress among nations confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, stand up. Raise up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. When you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. So be on your guard that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life. And as we've said throughout the semester, the word of the Lord for God's people. It's a really odd thing in a way. In a season where everyone is encouraging us to be merry and have a good time and to celebrate, that's the season, right? To hear words like this, Christians reading this all over the world, and they're kind of dark, aren't they? In so many ways, though, these words are more honest and right. Listen to the, some of the language, the words, distress, confusion, fainting, fear. It sounds just like finals to me, right? And I want to tell you, on lots of days, I can own these words, and I bet you can too. And I guarantee you that on every day there are people in the world in places we can't begin to imagine that would say that's... Those words describe my life. So right in the middle of it, Jesus says, when all that crazy stuff is happening, would you look up and look around? Would you pay attention because the kingdom of God is near? When you read the Bible, it's amazing how often the best stuff from God, the most powerful ways God gets involved in our lives, happens when things are really chaotic. So somehow proximity to God's kingdom, nearness to it, has a whole lot to do with everything changing and things not being the same. And God's kingdom is likely to come for any one of us on those days that are most challenging to us. So maybe finals and the advent of Christ 
really do belong together. Maybe finals and God's coming to us are things that really shouldn't be considered far apart at all. Jesus ends this little moment of prophecy by encouraging his disciples with some teaching. I mean, he says, basically, you know, if you're going to be going through this, he says, keep your heart light. Don't let your heart get weighed down. Don't let it get heavy. You know what that's like? I mean, you can literally feel that, can't you, when your heart gets heavy. Don't let your heart get weighed down with dis- dissipation. It's the word for like where, where you let your spiritual energy just kind of leak, leak out of your body because you're not really paying attention to things. Don't get weighed down, it says, with, with drunkenness, letting yourself be dulled by too much of anything. Not just Shiner Bach, but too much of anything. Too many video games. Too much food. Too much Study. Don't tell your professors I said that. Too much of anything can weigh your heart down. Don't let your heart get heavy with anxiety. Like, like worrying is going to change your grade. Don't let your anxiety make your heart heavy. You've got, to, you've got to keep it light. And the people who heard him talking about the heart would have understood. They, they saw that as a way of, of perceiving what was going on spiritually. The, the heart is an organ of perception that sees the things of God and the world, and if it's all weighted down, if it's heavy, it's not going to be able to spot the kingdom of God that might be right there in the middle of a real challenging season. You see the things of God with the heart. So friends, don't, don't let your heart get heavy in the days to come. God's coming to you. Christ has come and will come again. That's the way the church has always said it. Will come again will come again, and certainly to you, right here at Baylor, in these days. With all your stuff that's on your plate, with your distress and confusion and fainting and fears, and even right in the middle of all your finals. That's the truth. Would you all stand now for the final blessing of this semester? And I want us just uh, here with the backdrop of finals one more time these words of Jesus when these things begin to take place stand up raise your heads look around because your redemption is drawing very near amen y'all have a great end of the semester and a good day